Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, check out our website at freechapel.org. Today I want to talk about really the vision of this church. This is a chance, that, an opportunity that I take once a year to kind of cast vision, to say who we are and what we're about. And I want to go today to the book of Mark chapter 16. If you have a Bible, turn there with me to Mark chapter 16. And I want to begin reading with verse 14. Later he appeared to the 11 as they sat at the table. Listen, and he rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart. Unbelief and hardness of heart. They had become hardened. They had become filled with a spirit of unbelief that, you know, not everybody could be reached, not everybody could be saved, not everybody was open to the power of God. We were just singing, nothing is too hard for the hand of God. But they had been filled, they'd seen so much, been around it so much, that their heart had been hardened, didn't have a burden for the lost, and they were filled with unbelief. These were believers, these were Christians. And then I want you to notice verse 15. Then comes the famous Academy Award winning verse. And then he said unto them, after he rebuked unbelief and hardness of heart, go into all the church. He didn't say the church. He said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. So I want to talk to you for just a few moments. I'll give you my title in just a moment. But I, I want us to realize today that we are a church and a ministry that believes in preaching the gospel into all the world. I guess I'm here to make a proclamation. We might as well get ready, Free Chapel, Orange County. Company is coming. The lost are coming. The addicted are coming. The broken are coming. The hurting. Not just the down and out, but the rich and the famous and the popular and the powerful. They're going to come to our church and they're going to be looking for something that is real. Something that is transformative and powerful in their lives. This is too good to keep to ourselves. Orange County is ready for a spirit-filled church. Orange County is ready for real Christianity. And I want you to hear me because I was talking uh, down as I was shaking hands with a veteran that shook my hand. And he said, Pastor, it goes back before 911. But he told about many years ago when he was in the service. And he said, I had one of those T-shirts. And he teared up and he said, it touched me when you said that today. This is a veteran that fought in a war. But I mentioned in the service earlier today of uh, after 9-11, one of the most popular t-shirts that began to sell all over the country was really a racist statement because uh, extreme Muslims attacked the trade center. Uh, hatred began to fill a lot of people for all Muslims and anyone who, who, who uh, was of that background and that faith and really that race. So it's racism. It's another face of racism. And people began to wear t-shirts that said, kill them all in reference to the Muslims, kill them all and let God sort them out. Kill them all and let God sort them out. It became one of the most sold t-shirts 
uh, for a season there because people were enraged and so filled with hate of what had happened to our American citizens. But I want to take a little bit of that saying and turn it around and proclaim the motto of this church, Free Chapel, is save them all and let God sort them out. I think sometimes we feel like we have to fix people and we have to fix them up and we have to change them and we have to get them to look a certain way and be a certain way and all of that. And I don't read that in the gospel. I read save them all, win them all, and let God sort them out. Let God clean them up. Let God change their life. But our message is let's get them saved. Let's get them to the foot of the cross. Let's tell them about a God who will never let them go, who has relentless love that keeps reaching and keeps chasing us down as we've been singing this morning. This is a soul-saving station. This church is here to save the world. We're not a museum. We're a hospital. And we shouldn't be shocked when people come in who are in desperate need, lost without God, living together, living all kinds of lifestyles in all kinds of situations. It's not our job to judge people. Our job is to save them all and let God sort them out. The church is not called to judge. The church is not called to be the jury. The church is not called to be the prosecuting attorney. We are the people who are to reach the world. And you know, some people say, well, I just don't know if I want that kind of people in my church. Well, first of all, let me correct you. Check your hands. If you don't have nail prints, if you don't have wounds in your side and stripes on your back, this is not your church. The one who said, I'll build my church, he has those wounds, and he said, whosoever will, let him come. I don't care what they look like. I don't care where they came from. I don't care how bad they messed up. I don't care how, how warped their life is. Don't you stick your nose up in the air and look down on them when you see them company. Get ready. Company is coming, and we need to make sure we welcome them with open arms. Everybody clap and say, that's my church. Jesus was getting ready to tell his disciples to go into all the world and preach the gospel, but first he had to get rid of two things in his disciples. He said, you have become hard-hearted and you're full of unbelief. You don't really believe in the power of the cross and the gospel to change and transform people's lives. And you think that you know who's going to get saved and who's going to really live it and who's going to change and who's not. And I need, before I send you into the world to preach this gospel, I need you to get a soft heart again. And I need you to get a spirit of faith, not unbelief, that says, I believe that that drug addict son or daughter who won't come to church and they've been in that situation for years, I still believe that the gospel and the love of God can reach them. I want to preach today that we need a revival of faith and the power of the cross and the blood of Jesus. It's still the antidote for sin. It can still make men a new creation. And I just believe that if we will preach it, God will change them. I want to show you my text now in Ecclesiastes chapter 11 because it is what I want to show you and what I'm going to, you'll know what my sermon is about in just a minute. And here it is, 
verse, chapter 11, verse 1. Cast your bread upon the waters. Now, here's how you preach the gospel. Here's how you win the lost. The bread is the word of God. Jesus said, I'm the bread of life. And he said, take the bread and cast it. That's what I'm doing. When I'm up here preaching, I'm casting the bread. The waters represents the multitudes of people, multitudes and multitudes of people. And he said, how do you win them? He said, cast your bread upon the waters. Keep casting it. Keep casting it. Keep casting it, mom and dad. Just keep casting it. When it seems like they're not listening, keep casting it. When you are working with those people, and when you're around people that don't seem open and on the college camp, just keep casting. Every chance you get, cast the bread on the water. When they, when they ask you something, open your mouth and speak up for Jesus and keep casting the bread on the water. And notice what he said, and you will find it after many days. After many days, they're going to get saved. If they've got somebody in their life casting the bread on the water, I don't care what lifestyle they're in. I don't care what they're doing. I don't care how messed up they are. I don't care how far away from God they are. If somebody's casting the bread after many days, you should never give up on that husband. You should never give up on that wife. You should never give up on those children. You should never give up on that daughter, that son. But after many days, and then notice what he says, for you will find it after many days. Give a serving to seven or maybe even to eight. For you do not know what evil will be on the earth. I want to preach today on you don't know. Turn to your neighbor and say you don't know. Well, what's he talking about when he says you don't know? Watch, he's going to say it four times. He said in verse four, he who observes the wind will not sow. He who regards the clouds will not reap. In other words, there's never a perfect day for revival. There's never a perfect time. You just keep casting the bread on the life of that person. It may look like today's not a good day and they're not open to it and they're not hearing it, but you just keep casting the bread. You keep, there's always an excuse for, for you know, if you're looking for it, but just keep casting. The wind's blowing. I don't, I'm not going to try today, but, 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 but you keep casting and, 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 and quit singing somewhere over the rainbow. Do it now in these circumstances right now, right now, in the, in the midst of crazy family that's all my, I'm going to keep casting the bread on the water. And after many days, it will come back. They will come back. And then he says it again. Look at it in the latter part of verse 5. So for you do not know the works of God who makes everything. You don't know. Turn to your neighbor and say, you don't know. You don't know who God's working on. You don't know who God's about to save. You don't know who the craziest, most rank, vile, filthy mouth sinner that you know in the world that is an atheist. You don't know what God is up to. Your job is to keep casting the bread. And then the Bible, look at it, as if to emphasize it again in verse 6, in the morning, just sow your seed, just keep casting. In the evening, do not withhold from your hand, keep casting the bread. Here it comes again. Everybody say it with me. For you don't know which will prosper to either this or that, or whether both. You don't know. Turn to your neighbor one more time. I deputize you. Come on. You don't know who God's about to say. You know what the Bible says? It says you don't know. So it's time to quit acting like we know who's going to change and who's going to get saved and who's going to be the next big convert. We act like we know. 
You don't know. The Bible said four times, you don't know, you don't know, you don't know, you don't know. The very one who's the most resistant to the gospel could be the very one the Holy Spirit secretly is working on and woke them up last night at four o'clock in the morning and an angel was standing in the corner and they're, sh you don't know. You don't know that the whole Muslim population of Orange County is about to get saved. You don't know. You can't say God can't reach that one. You've got hardness of heart and a spirit of unbelief. The gospel can reach anybody. Glory. You don't know. We think we know. We think we know who will come to church and who won't. So I'm going to ask that one because they look a little, you know, they look a little Christianized. But, but that one, that's a heathen. Look at all those tattoos. and Look at all that. Man, he's a surfer dude. He'll never go to church. He's going to smoke weed all day Sunday. He won't. You don't know. That's the one you need to invite. That's the one. That's the one. You don't know. You don't know who, we think we know who's going to accept and who's going to reject Jesus so we don't even bother with some people. And he said, you don't know. You don't know. We've got to get them all saved and let God sort them out. Now, let me show you what I'm talking about. Jesus went to the land of the Galileans and there was a man who, when his foot touched the bank of the beach, a man with 6,000 demons ran to him. 6,000. In other words, this man was so demon-possessed, the Bible describes him as being nude, violent. He was insane. He was totally demon-possessed, and Satan was having a party with him every day of his life. Now, give me my four volunteers real quick. Real quick, hurry. Four volunteers. Thank you, gentlemen. Come on. Five, actually, right? Yeah. Come on. Come on. I need one more. Yep. All right, now you come up here, step right up here. You stand right there and you stand right in front of him and you stand right in front of him and you stand right in front of him and you stand right in front of him. Now, Jesus comes to the land of the Gadarenes and I want you to see it. And in that land is a guy who has 6,000 demons. That's a lot of demons, 6,000. So Satan has said in his mind, nobody's going to get my demoniac. This one's mine. Nobody can get to him. Nobody can reach him. No gospel, no disciple will reach my demoniac. I got 6,000 demons in him. And before they get to him, I'm going to put some barriers. So Jesus is on the other side of the Sea of Galilee. And between him and the one that Satan said nobody could ever reach is the Sea of Galilee, is a storm in the middle of that sea, a terrible Category 5 storm. He lived in a graveyard, and no offense, but he was living around the pigs, and he knew no self-righteous Jew would ever get around anybody who was around hogs. But what, he, what the devil wasn't counting on was a tall, lean Galilean by the name of Jesus. And when he stepped onto that shore, here's the thing. 
He put the ocean in front of him to stop him from getting to his demoniac. But Jesus says, well, the ocean's no problem for me. I walk on the water. And he put the storm in front of him. He said, the storm's no problem for me. I'm the peace speaker. And he puts the graveyard in front of him. And he says, I'm the one that went into the grave and rose on the third day. And I can hang around pigs and they don't get dirty on me. They, they don't rub off on me. I cast them out. And he reached to the man that had 6,000 demons because when Jesus makes up his mind that he's going to reach somebody, you don't know who he's about to target. You don't know who his grace can reach. And I don't care how many things are in the way. I don't care how many things stand between Jesus and that person. And in your family, it might be addiction. It might be alcoholism. It might be perversion. It might be all kinds of things. But don't you say, well, I know God's never going to reach him. You don't know. Clap your hands. Thank you, gentlemen. You, come on, shout it out loud. You don't know. You don't know. You don't know what Jesus, how extreme he'll go to reach people. Hallelujah. Church people get real nervous when you start preaching like this. What about the standards? Where have all the standards gone? Turfism. Where, 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 where are all the standards? Just, I say, save them all. I, 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 I want gay couples to come to this church. I want, this, this church is open to everybody, everybody. And a lot of times when we say, anybody and everybody's welcome here, we point down. We point down like, I mean, we, we mean well, but we mean the down and out, the drug addicts, the alcoholics, the prostitutes, they're welcome here. And certainly they are. But I want to point up too: the wealthy, the famous, the people who have everything, but they don't have Jesus. It's time for somebody to get a soft heart and say, you know what? Let's save them all. Let's let God sort them out. If we can get them in here and preach the gospel, I, I can't change anybody by being mad and angry and mean, but I can preach the gospel and preach the cross and it may not happen overnight, but if they'll just keep coming and we keep casting the bread, y'all know I'm preaching the truth. If we keep casting the bread on the waters after many days, they'll come back. It may be on their deathbed, but they'll come back if they ever get a hold of the bread of life, Jesus. Save them all. Well, Pastor Franklin, uh, I just don't know if Kanye's really had a touch of God. I say welcome. God bless you, Kanye. I know he's had a change. I mean, how in the world do you go from rapping blankety blank, 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 blankety blank, 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 and now it's Jesus and the cross and he's king of kings. He's Lord of lords. He died. He rose again. And a whole new generation is hearing the gospel, not through a preacher in a suit, but a rapper. Don't tell me God can't reach them all. Don't tell me. You need to get your little self-righteous nose out of the clouds and realize God's doing a new thing. And they're coming in. And when they come in, they need a church that says, come on. Come on. We knew you were coming. We're not here to judge you. We're not here to beat you up. We're here to cast the bread on your water. The word will change people. 
Jesus and the cross and the blood. If any man be in Christ, they become a new creation. Saul was turned into another man. But they have to encounter the power of God. And there has to be a zone where everybody's valued and loved. Not put down, but say, come on in. And sit there and smile and love people. Just love people. And let the water and trust your pastors to preach the standard and to preach the whole counsel of God. You've been coming here. You know we preach the truth. You know we stand up here and we say things that are not popular all the time. But, but we got to do it in love and we got to let God do the work. We're just going to get them saved and let God sort them out. Still feel a little bit of religious spirit here. So I'm going to really put my foot on that neck of that devil. I like that. I like it when you kick back just a little bit. Yeah. Save them all. You know, after 911, there was something called profiling in airports. I read an article one time and it said if you were a single man after 911, there were security guards who were taught that if you had a one way ticket, that was a kind of a little alert that this could be a terrorist. If you had a beard and had uh, brown skin like mine, you could be a terrorist. So they looked at you a little bit harder and they set certain people aside and said, that ain't one, that ain't one, that might be one, that might be one. Um, if you had a one-way ticket, if you were a woman who didn't have time to dry her hair and she came with the towel, she was going to get profiled. She might not have been a Muslim. It's all right to laugh in the politically correct world because they were profiling people. Now, I'm afraid there's something called spiritual profiling. Christians are guilty of being scared of sinners and saying God can reach that kind of person, but he can't reach that kind of person. God can save that one, but that one right there, there's no way. There's no way. I'm not even going to waste my testimony. I'm not even going to try to love them. I'm not even going to try to reach them because they're not going to change. That's the one I'm preaching to, hardness of heart, spirit of unbelief. We decide they're not going to get it. But I want, you to, I want you to know, I don't care what background they're from. I'm, I don't care if they're atheists. I don't care if they are hostile to the gospel. I don't care if they're environmentalists. God can get them to hugging the right tree. Oh, that's a good one. Somebody write that one down. If you're going to hug a tree, let me tell you about a tree called Calvary that you need to really wrap your arms around because it can change your life. Somebody ought to tweet that. <laughs> All right, I'm almost where I want to be. And then we're going to wrap this up. Y'all getting anything out of this? Turn to somebody and say, you don't know. You don't know. You think you're a little religious self. You think you know who God is. Is going to use and call. And I, it's just like God to raise up a Kanye. It's just like God. 
got all these preachers who, who've become so sophisticated that we can't preach a normal sermon on the cross and the blood and Jesus is Lord and all that. We got to get deep. We got to get, is your, how's you do, how's your heart healthy today? And, 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 and never get around to preaching the gospel that changed. So God says, let me find me somebody the devil said I'll never get and let me save him and let me raise him. You say, well, what if he does something crazy today? So you do crazy things. Get them all saved. That's the main thing. And let God sort them out. Let God sort them out. Dispense with the profiling. God has not given none of us the responsibility of the selection of his bride. He didn't tell you to go pick out his bride for him. So watch this. 1 Corinthians 6 is really something. And y'all going to help me preach this sermon. It says, now you don't know. Do you not know that the right unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? And then he starts preaching. And boy, I, w- I want all of us to really get into this. I want you to growl. I want you to growl like a bunch of mean Christians. Come on. <laughs> Be not deceived. These people are not going to the kingdom. It's almost like when that's preached, there's a good. Neither fornicators, everybody say, yeah, get them, God. Kill them, God. Neither idolaters, get them, God. Come on, growl. You're not growling. You're not helping me. What's wrong with you people? You're not doing it. I want some growling. Nor adulterers. Yeah, get them, God. Get all those adulterers. Get them, come on. Get them, God. Nor homosexuals, yeah, get them, God. Nor sodomites, get them, God. Nor thieves, kill them all, God. Kill them all. Nor covetous. Nor drunkards. That was a weak one, especially from this section. Wino section right here. Nor drunkards. Yeah, get those drunkards. Nor revilers. That's partiers, partiers. I hate partiers. God hates partiers. Nor extortioners. Yeah, those politicians. Kill all them too. None of them are going to inherit the kingdom of God. Everybody say, yeah. Watch the next verse. And such were some, let's let's be real, and such were all of you. But you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You found a church that when you walked in, they said, God, save them all. Save them all and you sort them out. You clean them up. You fix them up. You deliver them. You set them free. You change their heart, change their mind, change their desires. Our job is to catch fish. God's job is to clean them. And so that's the kind of church this is going to be. And it's time to restore compassion in our hearts for the lost. 
He said, you've become hardened in your heart. When you see those people like that, don't forget where you came from. You were worse than they were. And just when you think you can get snooty because you've been around it a while and you've been keeping your rules real good, the Lord will allow you, let him that thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. Just to remind you, it's not by works, it's by grace. You need him. You need him. He upbraided them for the hardness of their heart and their unbelief. God, give us a sensitive heart Give us a restored faith for the lost. Does this sermon make sense to anybody? Have you been doing that to the person who styles your hair or the person you work with, the so filthy mouth? In your mind, you've spiritually profiled them and said, they'll never come to church. Your job is to keep casting the bread. Every now and then, throw, throw a word over there. Sometimes it's just a crumb. A crumb is enough. Ask that woman. That, she said, Lord, can I have a crumb from off your table? And she got a miracle. But you just keep casting the bread. You can play. You can keep casting the bread. He said, save them all. I'll sort them out. You love them. You invite them. You reach them. You stand for Jesus. You share your faith. When's the last time you shared your faith? Share your faith. Share the word. Share the cross. Share it. Get obsessed with it. Get a tender heart again. Get a spirit of belief that the gospel works. The gospel works. It can change a life. We don't even talk about it. We don't even believe that they can change. That professor. That teacher. That atheist. You don't know. You don't know that, that, that Muslim, that Buddhist. You don't know. You don't know that God has already planted a seed that all it needs is somebody to sow one more time and the harvest will burst forth. You don't know. And I think what we're seeing in America, quite frankly, is you don't know. I told him in the first service, Brad Pitt, recently was interviewed in, a, in um, GQ magazine. And he said, I'm 57 years old. And he said, I have this hunger to go back to my Christian roots. He said, I was raised in a home, this is what he said, where my parents were extreme in their beliefs. He said, they spoke with tongues. And he said, I've had everything and said it in so many words and been all over the world. And something in me at this age is wanting to return back to the Christianity of my childhood. You don't know. You don't know. You don't know that Donald J. Trump won't end up on his knees crying out to God, weeping and being filled with it. You don't know. You can't give up on people. We got to love people. And if you can't clap on that, your heart is hardened and you don't have a spirit of faith. God can reach anybody. Anybody can be reached with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Woo! That's our message. That's our message. That's who we are. And you don't know. 
that the very family member that's driving you crazy, you don't know that they're not going to be the most on fire one in your whole family because God has a plan for their salvation. Do you believe that? If you do, stand up on your feet and give the Lord the biggest hand clap of praise you can. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you were blessed. 